Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We have a great episode for you today. Really excited about this. We've got uh, our co-host, Eric Ream, back on the show today doing some teaching and training. So excited to uh, get into what we're going to be covering today. Before we get there, if you are interested in working with the Speaker Lab and helping you build a system to consistently find paid speaking gigs, then you definitely want to go to thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Thespeakerlab.com slash apply. We would, there you can schedule for a one-on-one conversation with our team, a strategy session to uh, learn more about what we can do to work together and help you build that predictable system for your speaking business. So again, stop by and check it out over at thespeakerlab.com slash apply. All right. So today we have uh, Eric Green back on the show today. And today we're going to be talking about how to create, develop, and manage a strong and healthy pipeline. Now, Eric is very excited about this episode, as am I. But uh, I will tell you that this has been the reason that we've been both been able to build successful speaking businesses. And Eric talks about how it's made such a difference in his own business. This is a an in-depth thing that we dig into inside of our elite training program. And so again, if you're interested in that, definitely stop by and check out thespeakerlab.com slash apply. So uh, let's get right into this conversation with uh, Eric Green about uh, building that healthy pipeline. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to another episode of the Speaker Lab Podcast. Today, joined by my buddy and co-host, Mr. Eric Reem. Eric, I know like we've done a few episodes together, and this one you are particularly excited about, true? Oh, Grant, you don't even know. This is going to be the most fantastic episode of all Speaker Lab episodes. If there's a Hall of Fame for episodes, this is going to make it. I can honestly say this topic today is what allowed me to leave my day job and become a full-time speaker. So if you're listening to this, stop driving, stop what you're doing, get out a notepad, take down the notes. This is exactly what I use to help me become a full-time speaker. Without mastering this topic we're talking about, Grant, what we're going to discuss, I couldn't be a full-time speaker. So I can't wait to share our ideas today with our listeners. Okay, I'm going to take a little sidetrack here because one of the mistakes that you, you don't want someone who's introducing you as a speaker to make is to hype you up too much. <laughs> you know, so like if someone gets up and they're, they're reading your introduction, they're going through, I've seen this speaker. This speaker is hilarious. This is the funniest speaker I've ever seen, or this is the world's greatest speaker. I, you guys are going to love this speaker. It sets you up on too high of a pedestal. So we <laughs> hopefully this episode that people aren't like, man, was, it was good. 
but I, 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 I <laughs> now don't, Hey Grant, don't bring me down. Don't be the weak link. If it doesn't meet up the hype, it's your fault. I want to, I'm going to live up to my expectations. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So today we're going to be t- discussing the, uh, the importance of having a pipeline of how to create it, how to develop it, how to manage it. So you can create a steady stream of potential speaking gigs that ultimately help you achieve your goal as a speaker. So Let's jump into this. I think we want to just start by even just defining what a, a pipeline is. People don't think they're, they're turning into a plumbing episode. So Eric, how would you define a pipeline? So I define a pipeline is it's a defined set of open activities with the folks who make decisions on hiring speakers. So it's a defined set of open activities with the folks who make decisions on hiring speakers. Do you have a different definition, Grant? I think it's basically like, uh, it's just a system or it's a process, it's a repeatable process that you follow uh, for booking gigs. So I think sometimes people assume, like a, a lot of speakers we talk with who they they book gigs and they've booked a couple of gigs, they want to do more. And we ask them, how have you booked those gigs? And oftentimes it's kind of word of mouth, something fell in my lap, it was a random referral, someone who saw me speak a couple of years ago, those type of things. And And listen, when those things happen, that's great, but you can't build your business based on just sitting around and wishing and waiting and hoping. Like, Hope is not a strategy that I, if I click my heels together and I just uh, close my eyes tight enough that someday I can be a speaker. It's not like that. Like you and I have been very systematic and streamlined and having a system, having a process that we follow for finding and booking gigs. And so there's a lot of moving pieces that go into it, which will break down. But ultimately, just having that system, that process that you can follow on a, on a regular basis. Awesome. Quick question. Why do you think it's important to have a system? Well, I think that it creates more predictability. You know, like a lot of speakers have such a difficult time booking gigs because they just, again, sit and wait. Like, I, I, I don't know where my next gig is going to come from, but I'm just sitting by the, the computer hitting refresh, hoping that an email pops in or sitting by the phone, hoping for the phone to ring, or I'm just hoping and waiting and wishing that something happens. But when you have that system, when you have that structure, then it makes it a bit more predictable. It makes it a bit more repeatable that I know if I follow this process, if I do these steps, that there's going to be a, a relatively predictable outcome outcome on the other end, that predictable outcome being a paid speaking gig. And so having that can make a huge, huge difference from going from being a speaker is a nice idea to I I can do this and I can do this on a consistent basis. Yeah, I, I think it's partly on that. I think it's good to have a system for two reasons. One is it makes it easy for you to jump in and jump out of your business because we're busy. We got a lot going on. And so I may have to take my daughter to go see the doctor. And then two hours later, I come back to my office. I can jump right back into my system and not miss a beat as opposed to trying to figure out what do I do next? My system tells me exactly what I need to do. The other thing I think is good from a system, from a coaching standpoint, it's easier for me to coach you, Grant, if you're following a system. Because then if it's not working, we can say, okay, let's look at your system and see what tweaks we need to make. However, if you're doing something different every single day, every single time, you're approaching everything differently, it's chaos. I can't help you because I don't know what we need to tweak. So a system actually helps me coach you better. Yeah, very true, very true. All right, let's start with creating a pipeline. So we're going to talk through creating it, developing it, managing it. Let's start with creating it. How do you actually create a pipeline? Okay, so the pipeline is the single most tangible thing that I manage every single day. Nothing happens in my in my life and my speaking business without working on my pipeline. So it starts with creating it. You got to get something started. So there are three key areas that you need to think about when you create a pipeline. Number one, you need a place to capture data. So you're going to get information, mainly contact information of people you want to work with. So this could be a customer relationship management tool where it's a software program that's meant to capture data when you're going through a sales process. 
by the way, we're all salespeople, by the way, and we're always trying to sell people on the idea they want to hire us. So when you go through a process, you need a place to capture that. It could be as simple as a spreadsheet. To me, it doesn't matter how you do it. Just the fact that you are capturing this data and it's a place to capture that contact information of the decision makers. These are the people that actually make decisions to hire a speaker. And it's a mechanism that allows you to track progress of open gigs and a way to trigger the next action. That's important is that your, your pipeline that you put together has to have a trigger to it uh, uh, where you actually open it up and it's triggering you, hey, these are the folks you need to contact today. So I do that in my CRM, by the way, I use PipeDrive. Everybody always asks me, what do you use? I think we recommend HubSpot in our course. Either you're going to do fine with either. But in my CRM, I actually put in there, I need to contact a certain person at a certain date and I forget about it. And when that date pops up, I've slept since then. I've gone to softball practices with my daughter since then. I've totally forgot about it. But that day it pops up and says, don't forget to follow up with Grant with this proposal like you promised. And so my pipeline is constantly pinging me and reminding me when to follow up. The next thing you need when you create a pipeline is, is you need a methodology of how you're going to ma manage the various stages of that pipeline. Meaning that when you come to me, Grant, based on how you come to me, I'm going to put you in one of these stages. So here are the stages that I use. You can use any stage, but I use five. Number one is the lead-in stage. That's usually, uh, I'm just figuring out whether you, you and I have a fit, Grant. And so if I get past the lead-in stage, meaning that you and I figure out that, hey, we may need to chat about this and we've made contact that goes into contact made. So I may reach out to you, Grant. I get your business card. I may reach out to you and you never follow up with me. Well, it never gets past the lead-in phase. But if you follow up with me and you say, Eric, yeah, I would like to chat with you sometime. Boom, we've made contact. Once we've made contact, I want to get you on the phone. That's the next stage. So I go lead-in contact made, and then phone stage. Once you and I decide that we're going to get on the phone together and talk about your event, then it goes into that phone meeting stage. Now, I will tell you that this is where the money's made. Our number one goal as speakers is get event planners on the phone. So that's the middle stage for me. Once you and I get on the phone, Grant, and we talk, by the way, I had a meeting right before you and I got on this podcast with a future event planner. We, they said, hey, I like what you got. Can you send me more information? That's code for send me a proposal. And once I say that, then I send them a proposal, which takes them to the next stage, which is the proposal phase, meaning that you and I have discussed, it's a good fit. You like the idea. I quote your price. It sounds good to you. I send you a formal proposal and it shows, hey, this is my topic. This is the learning objectives. This is how much it costs. Here are my references. Once you, we agree and you say, yeah, I think this is going to work. We want to hire you. Then it goes to my last stage, which is the contract phase, which I actually send them a formalized contract. We train all our students how to do that. We actually have a, cop, a swipe copy on how to do the contracts. I actually use the contract that you gave me, Grant, back in 2015. I use that same contract, and I submit that contract, and then they hire me. So we got the lead-in, contact made, phone call, proposal, and contract. All my pipeline is all around that. All my contacts are within that. The last element when you're creating a pipe drive grant is you have to make a commitment to have a consistent work habit to manage the system. For me, it used to be one hour a day. No matter what, Grant, I'd wake up and I'd say, I'm going to spend at least one hour managing my pipeline. Now that I'm doing this full-time, I don't have another job, I do it full-time, it's however long it takes. So if it takes me 20 minutes, five minutes, or five, I've had it take me five hours before to update my pipeline. But you have to have a consistent work ethic. So number one, you need a place to capture the data. Number two, you got to have methodology. Number three, got to have a consistent work habit, and that's how you create your pipeline. Anything we need to clarify there? 
Yeah. And just to, to piggyback on that one, to be clear is like, you didn't necessarily have all of this completely polished and, and finalized and refined to what it is today. You didn't have all that necessarily from day one. You may have had kind of a rough structure. It's kind of evolved to figure out like, here's what works best for me. But ultimately again, having the system versus just kind of like sitting back and waiting and, and hoping things work out. Not only just like waiting that hopefully people find you, but even like you mentioned, let's say that you talk with a potential client. Let's say that you're kind of corresponding with them. Let's say you have a phone call with them. And they say, yeah, our committee meeting, uh, our committee is meeting in three weeks and we're going to be discussing you and a couple other speakers. Most speakers make the mistake of, awesome, well, after the committee meeting, if you've got any questions or if you decide to book me, just let me know. Like that, that's not what you should be doing. You should be like marking it within your tool to follow up in three weeks to see how the committee meeting went. And so what, what's also difficult is we assume like, oh, I just, I need to make a mental note that in three weeks, I'm going to remember to do that. You're not going to remember to do that. So having a system where I'm going to capture that in three weeks, I'm going to uh, assign that to myself. So then when it pops up in three weeks, I'm going to be really, really glad that I did that. And yeah. so it's, it could be three weeks from now. It could be you talk with a potential client and they said, actually, we just booked speakers. We're going to start reviewing speakers again in six months if you want to follow up with us. Most speakers will never follow up in six months. But having that where you put that and it's just out of sight, out of mind, and six months from now when that pops up, you're going to be really glad that that happened. Because we're also, we're talking about kind of one specific client. Like you multiply that by, let's say, 50 or 100 or hundreds of potential leads that you're following up with that are all different types of places in the process, it's impossible to keep up or keep straight in your mind. So having a place where you put that in, you're able to track that. And again, it's just out of sight, out of mind. You show up each day and your one job is to look inside that tool. Again, whether that's Pipedrive, whether that's HubSpot, whether it's a spreadsheet, but to look inside that tool and see what do I need to do today? What are the tasks? Who do I need to follow up with? Who do I need to touch base with? But having that system. So when I was like actively, do, when I was actively speaking full time, when I was doing 60, 70 gigs a year, and I was doing this day in and day out, I would have one task each day for myself. And that task was to check the tool that I use, which was high rise. That was my one task every day was to check high rise. And within high rise, I might've had a whole bunch of tasks that I needed to do. But every day was to check that CRM. Just like you said, you use pipe drive. Uh, every day, your one task is to check pipe drive and do whatever pipe drive assigned you to do for that day. But just having the system, having the structure makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, that just happened to me actually. Before I got on the phone with you, I was checking PipeDrive and PipeDrive pinged me and said, you need to contact this person. The reason why I need to contact the person is she told me, hey, we won't have any information for you until after Labor Day. So I made a note to contact her after Labor Day. So exactly what you're just saying. Yep. Awesome. All right. So we go from creating the pipeline to then developing the pipeline. So now that we've created it, we have to actually develop it and populate it with something. And so this means that you start plugging in leads into the proper phase of the pipeline. So here are some of the different sources where you could potentially find leads. Now, one is going to be your existing network. So family, friends, acquaintances that may lead you to a potential decision maker on events. Now, again, kind of clarifying at the end there, where I said that uh, you're looking for people who may lead you to a potential decision maker. So I may put, you know, let's say my mom in there. My mom is not booking speakers for any event, but she might know someone who is, or at least put it on her radar that I'm a speaker and here's what I speak about and here's how the type of audience that I could speak to. And so again, this is also important where the more specific, the more clear you are and who you speak to and what's the problem that you solve, the easier it is for you to be top of mind with people right? So it's kind of like, it's the difference between saying they are looking for, well, I'll give you an example. We had this happen yesterday. Our refrigerator stopped cooling. 
you can see the little thermometer inside the, the fridge. And I noticed like I took something out. I was like, it's cold, but it's not that cold. Or it's not as cold as it normally is. And so I, I checked there and it, and it seemed like it was, it was higher than it was supposed to be. It was like in the like low fifties or something. I was like, I think it's supposed to be much lower than that. So we come back, check it later. It's like in the high fifties, like clearly the thing is going up. And so in that time we we're going, okay, well, clearly we need a refrigerator repairman. And so we started asking some people and we got a recommendation of like, here's the person you need to talk to. So when you're positioned as I am the go-to refrigerator repairman, it's much easier than just, Hey, do you know of a handyman? Just someone who may or may not be able to do this. You don't want to be that. You don't want to be just like a generic speaker that someone's just looking to plug into. I'm looking for like the refrigerator repairman. Like they are the go-to person for this. Even better if like they're the ones that works on this specific brand or this specific you know manufacturer of refrigerator, right? That's what you're trying to be as the speaker. So checking with your existing network. Another one uh, is just lead generation. So having a, a set number of names and contact information of event planners. In fact, our elite program, we provide this for you. You tell us what you're looking for. We go out, we find leads specifically for you, give those to you that you can, you can check in with. Networking events is one. Any event that gets you up in front of people that can lead you to decision makers is a win. Just spending time on Google, doing an internet search, looking for events that fit your message, reaching out to existing contacts uh, within that organization that may be hosting an event. And even existing at gigs, every time that you speak, I know this is something, Eric, you've done really well, is using that as an opportunity to connect with audience members that express interest in hiring you that may lead to other potential events. So one of your best marketing tools is just showing up and doing a great talk. And so every time you do that, there's going to be potentially people in the audience who are either looking for speakers or know of someone who is looking for a speaker. So connecting with them, again, adding them into your pipeline so that you, again, start that follow-up process with them. Yep. So the bottom line here is that any interaction you have, Grant, that could lead to a future gig goes into your pipeline. So if you interact with something and there's a connection there to some degree, like maybe a person says, you know, I know somebody that's having an event coming up. Great. Can I get your contact information? I'll follow up with you. And if you can introduce me, that'd be great. That goes in your pipeline. And here's the other thing is when you get a new contact, they don't necessarily have to go to the front like the lead-in stage. It depends on the interaction. Like for instance, I just did a gig for someone up in Denver and they liked my stuff. And they said, we wanted to hire you back for your other stuff. So I immediately put them in the proposal phase because we've, they, we've gone through all those other things. They've heard me speak. They like me. They just want to bring me back. So I sent a, propo- a proposal for another gig I can do for them. So that I put them in that, that fourth stage and I didn't have to go through the previous three stages. So you, what you do, your job is, is to make the interaction and then take that interaction and put it in your pipeline wherever it needs to be and then plug it in the system and then follow the system. Very good. All right. So we've got, what are the three here? We've got creating a pipeline, developing a pipeline, and then what's the last one? The last one is managing the pipeline. And this is the best part. You see, you're getting, I, like, all of a sudden you're getting super giddy about this. You're ready to, I am. ready to go. This is it. You don't know, dude. You know, you, <laughs> I'm so fired up about this. I can't wait to go back and manage my pipeline. It's awesome. So this is the best part. So you have several potential gigs now in your pipeline. Now you've got to manage them properly to ensure success. This is the key. It's hard to get momentum. But once you get momentum, then you got to manage that momentum. That's my biggest fear as a speaker is losing my momentum and I refuse to lose it. And this is how I do it. Number one is I have a daily habit of updating my pipeline. There are two things I do. Number one is I update any due or past due activities. Like you said, Grant, you had one task, you jump in, 
to high rise, my, me as pipe drive and pipe drive tells me, here's what, who, here's who you need to interact with. Now's the time. I did this this morning before you and I talked. See, that's one of the reasons why I like that I'm an active speaker, uh, Grant, is because I'm doing all the things we're talking about. This mm -hmm. isn't just theory. I'm actually doing it, right? So this morning I popped up and I had like seven or eight activities that I had to manage. And I was able to get five of them done before our call, you and I on this call today. I've got two more I got to do after the call and then I've updated my pipeline. Now, the next thing I'm going to do is I want to plug in new opportunities. So you, the audience can't see this, but Grant can see I get some beautiful mm -hmm. uh, business cards that I can take and I can process those as new opportunities and plug that into my pipeline. I focus on the ones I need to manage now. And once I've done that, then I look and see if there are new opportunities I need to plug in. Now, here's the bread. Okay, quick question on that. Yeah. So you've got, um, you had all those, those business cards. Where do those right. business cards come from? They just come from all those activities we talked about, networking events. For me, a lot of times it's actual speaking events. Like I was at Michael Hyatt's thing uh, last week. I was there to learn. Why I was there though, I did talk to an individual that says, you know what? I like what you, I like what you said you did. I'd like to maybe hire you to come out to Pennsylvania. And I said, you got, do you have a card? So I just, I took his card, wrote down the information. I got to process that and put that in my pipeline. And a piggyback on that, that's a great example of, let's say that you do meet someone and they express any type of interest. The mistake that a lot of speakers make is we get more fixated on passing out cards to other people. And I'm just going to, I'm going to pass out my card. Here's my information. Uh, and that'll just, that tends to get lost. I am much more, in, actually, I, I don't even have business cards because I don't care about passing them out. I'm much more interested in getting your contact information right. so I can be in charge in the follow-up process. Yeah. I just have business cards for two reasons. One, it's kind of a socially accepted thing. That totally. People, people kind of want it like shaking hands almost. The other reason why I have it is a lot of times they may not have cards with them. So it's easy for me to take out my card, give them one. And then also I take another one of my cards and write their information on the back of my card. That way I have a mechanism in place. That's why I do it. Cool. Yep. Smart. Okay. So, all right. So if you as a listener have not written down anything to this point, Grant, stop what you're doing write this down. Magic is about to happen. Okay. Have I hyped this up enough? All right. No pressure. No, right, no pressure. pressure. Okay. Here's the key. You have to have a pipeline metric that matches your goals. Let me say this again. You got to have a pipeline metric that matches your goals. So how does this work? I'll use me as an, my own example. My goal is to earn 200 grand a year in my speaking business. I've got other revenue streams. So 200 grand, the minimum, that's what I want to make in my speaking business. All right. So how much do you want to earn? That's question number one. Question number two, how much do you want to charge per gig? For me, my average, I want five grand. Right now, my average is like $5,667.35. Okay. That's what my give, average is. Give right or take. Now. Give or take. No, it's exact, man. I ain't messing around, dude. <laughs> all right? I ain't messing around. So a uh, fee, uh, fee per gig. So mine was 5,000. That informs me then how many gigs I need to do per year. That's 40, right? It's easy math. I went to public school. You can easily figure this out. 5,000 times 40, it's 200 grand. So that helps me understand what my goal is, 40 gigs per year. So what is my conversion rate? That's what you want to ask, meaning that what percentage of gigs do you win? For me, at right now, my current rate is 26%. So if you round that up, that's three out of 10. So out, out of every 10 gigs that go in my pipeline grant, I know I'm going to win three of them. So that's important. You got to learn that. The next one is how long does it take to close a deal? You need to know what's your close date. How long does it take? My average right now is 100 days. So think about that. It takes me on average 100 days to get someone to say yes to hire me. So I need to build that into my plan if I'm going to manage a business. The next thing is the next question and the final, oh uh, no, 
uh, two more questions. How many gigs in the proposal phase are higher? The reason why that's important, Grant, is up to that point, it's all 50-50. In fact, it's even lower when it gets down there. Once you get to the proposal phase, I've learned it's about 80%. I get eight out of 10. I need to make sure that 50% of my gigs are in the proposal phase or higher because that's where my revenue, future revenue is coming from. So here's what I've come up with. My metric right now is that at any one time, if I took a snapshot and looked at my pipeline, Grant, I've got to have 40 gigs all the time in my pipeline. Now, when we recorded this episode, an episode similar to this on metrics several episodes later, long ago, I can't remember when it was, my, my number was 25. It's changed since then. It's evolved. It needs to be 40 because my conversion rate's gone down. My conversion rate's gone down, Grant, because my prices have gone up. So I had to evolve. Right now, I have 50 gigs in my pipeline, so I'm well above 40. The reason why this is important, if I drop below 40, that's like danger, danger. I got to get that above 40. Above 40, I'm not going to meet my goals. Okay, so that's the questions you have to ask and the matrix you have to get answers to to understand what your pipeline is going to look like. Got it. All right, that makes I'm a math guy as well, so I'd geek out on this stuff. All these numbers make sense in terms of how you walk this through. How did you land on these numbers, though, in terms of uh, especially things like, you know, people may know, okay, here's what I charge. Here's how many gigs I'd like to do. Here's how much I'd like to earn. I can figure that I can calculate that stuff, but I don't know what my conversion rate is or how long it takes to close a deal or any of that type of stuff. So, how did you land on those numbers? That is a fantastic question, Grant. That is the question of the day. You are so sharp. How do you do it? And that, and the question, and answer that question is this: you, it's your CRM, your customer relationship management tool. One of the good things about a CRM is it has a whole reporting section, right? So there's a section in there that takes all this wonderful data that you've been collecting, and then it allows you to massage that data to actually find out what your performance is. So my CRM told me what my, my closing rate was. In fact, my CRM tells me what my closing or what my rate is for each level. So I know on average how many days most of my contacts stay in the lead in, how long it takes me to get the contact. I also know when the deals die. Are they going to die in the proposal phase? Are they going to die in the contact phase? So my CRM tells me all of that information. And so what I do, Grant, is I don't look at that every day. That's just silly. You don't want to do that. I do it once a quarter. So once a quarter, I drive down to Nashville, try to hook up with you for breakfast. Normally, you're gracious and we have breakfast. But I spend a whole day looking at this information and saying, okay, what's going on? What's changed in my business? And how do I need to evolve as a result of it? But that all starts with having that CRM. The CRM is everything. That tells you all the things you need to know as far as your matrix go. So I love this whole process because it takes it from you know, how do you find and book gigs to creating like a very clear system? So, you know, pretty predictably, you just held up, if you put in 10 business cards into your system that you know, you're probably going to get two to three of those bookings potentially, right? And sometimes it may be a little bit lower, could be a little bit higher, but you have a pretty good idea of when I follow this process, that here's the outcome that I'm going to receive on the other end. And again, it takes it from this randomized idea to, no, no, this works if I follow these steps, if I follow this process. And this is a big thing of what we teach in depth inside of Book to Pay to Speak, inside of our elite program, is how to do this and how to implement it. Because it's a challenge we hear from speakers all the time is, is taking all of this and making it a more predictable speaking business. And so really, everything that you just outlined here it's just simple math, right? It's not overly complicated. It's just simple math of going, how do I, this leads to this, leads to this, leads to this. So for example, people ask us regularly, like digital marketing space, like if you're going to do a webinar, for example, and you're going to offer some type of uh, program, how do you know 
you know, what, what's going to work, what's not. And I just know the math of how many people register for a webinar, how many people, what percentage of those people show up, what percentage of those people buy, what percentage of those people don't show up. And we just know those numbers. So then it's a matter of just pouring a, a certain number into the top and you have a pretty good idea of what the number is going to be at the bottom. So it's not overly complicated. It's just a matter of figuring that math, but also again, then the, having the system to track it and follow up with it. Awesome. So here's what I want the listeners to do. If you agree with me that this is the most epic podcast episode ever <laughs> on the Speaker Lab, go to our Facebook page and put on there, epic podcast ever. Just throw it in there. Make me feel good. All right? With if no context. Just epic most epic podcast ever. Yeah, that's the action item for all the listeners. All right. So here's the recap here. We've got creating a pipeline. This is again, finding a tool. This again, it doesn't have to be a paid tool you could use. In fact, the HubSpot tool that we recommend is a time of this recording. It's a free tool. You could just use a, a spreadsheet. You could use, I don't know, sticky notes if you want. The po important part is that you have a system that you're using. Uh, develop a methodology to track the progress and then have a consistent work habit with that pipeline. Second part of the process is again to develop the pipeline. So work the sources for finding uh, potential gigs, focus on one or a few based on what works for you, what suits you. So your existing network, lead generation, networking events, internet search, existing gigs, all of those work. And then finally, uh, managing a pipeline. So like Eric mentioned, having a daily habit and then also developing a pipeline metric that reflects your goals and what it is that you're wanting to accomplish. Does that, uh, that sound pretty solid? Yeah. And I say the biggest takeaway, Grant, is you got to have a system and then you got to work that system, but you got to work it for 90 days. You got to give it time. So sometimes we'll work with, we'll be working with folks on some of our students and they'll do something for a week and I'll come back. It's not working. I'm like, how do you know it's not working? It's only been a week. Even in own, our own speaker lab team, we made some changes internally and we were talking about, is this working? It's not working. And I grant member, I, I think I was telling you, well, let's give it some time. Let's see how this thing works out before we make any decisions. So whenever you do something, when you have a system, give it 90 days, then evaluate it based on data, not emotion, not what your father-in-law or mother-in-law is telling you, but what the data is telling you. And then you can make adjustments along the way, but you got to have a system. And we just outlined the perfect system for you. You just got to follow it. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Eric Ream. Again, if you are interested in working with the Speaker Lab to help you build and grow your speaking business, then go to thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash apply. We'd love to have that conversation with you and see what we can do to help uh, serve and support you as you build and grow your speaking business. All right, that wraps up today's episode. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome. Awesome.